0: What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: Welcome, welcome back to Spicier Than Therapy with Twin and Tier, the podcast where we discuss polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, communication, neurodiversity, kink, and all the wonderful things that we think go into establishing and maintaining a healthy relationship. Twin, what are we going to do today?
0: The same thing we do every night, try to take over the interwebs.
1: Yes, absolutely. It is our favorite, favorite thing to do. Um, And we are happy to be back with you doing another episode of Spicier Than Therapy. Uh, This is actually like our fourth episode now. Um, We've done two episodes on polyamory. Uh, Polyamory, it's not pie. And toxic polyamory.
0: And today we're going to be discussing how we poly
1: so basically this is like a three-part series on polyamory it's one of the most popular subjects that all of our listeners and followers talk about either on our discord or on our instagram or on TikTok or anything like that we get probably i'd say the most questions about polyamory
0: oh for sure i mean especially your folks like i get tons of questions about being a dancer about being in burlesque all sorts of good stuff but you definitely get a lot of the poly questions
1: i feel like it's just people's way of you know gauging if i'm interested maybe although you would think they would be asking you more than me
0: sweetie i I don't have to think they they are definitely gauging if you're interested um you have quite the fervent fan base we'll say
1: I like that you almost purred when you said fervent, yes, fervent fan base. And I love all of our friends, all of our listeners, all of our followers. 100%.
0: I I give everybody shit, but, you know, uh, we adore you guys. We've just, uh, if you've been following us on TikTok, especially for any amount of time, you're very aware that we have had some more interesting followers we'll
1: say I mean you're not wrong uh, our followers are wonderful although we have had some some interesting ones but anyways we're talking about polyamory again today so we've talked to you about what polyamory is and the different types of polyamory we've talked to you about toxic polyamory and how it goes wrong and just some unhealthy versions of polyamory and today we just kind of wanted to tell you how do we specifically practice polyamory and i think It takes us to a good story time, twin.
0: Oh, good. I love story time. All right. So what happened was, we basically accidentally Goldilocks each other. Um, And by that, I mean that when Tyr and I started talking initially and started, you know, kind of feeling things out and testing the waters, as it were, we realized something very magical we realized that we both liked our Polly essentially the same kind of way which was a bit of a shock to tear for some reason
1: It really was because there are so many different types and ways of practicing polyamory. The likelihood that you're going to meet someone who has very, very similar um, perspectives and opinions on how to practice polyamory, how to boundary set, things like that is low. So, you know, I've, I've had poly relationships before, as has twin, and some of them have been great and some of them have been less than healthy, but we discovered really early on probably within two days of talking to each other that our personal brand of poly was very very compatible
0: yeah it was kind of nice um so i guess we got to do a story time within a story time a little bit
1: inception
0: wow uh (laughs) so story time within the story so what Got me started on Polly, um, as we've mentioned in the past, is this magical comic book series called ElfQuest. Um, it's available at elfquest.com. You can read most of the story there. The books in print are fantastic. Just go to com. I love them. Plug in the elf the peonies. Um so elfquest is centered around these various tribes of elves and they believe different things and it's it's fantastic go read it i love it 10 out of 10 recommend all of that said the way the elves have relations and relationships really struck home with me at a very very young age because they don't really have like marriage the way humans do they don't do partnering the way humans do they're very like free loving and you know this is the partner that makes me happy for right now and there are like established what's called life mates there's love mates there's playmates things like that there's a lot of like partner switching there's you know the infamous orgy scene for my elf quest fans out there. Uh, go look at their podcast too. It's awesome. Um, so there's there's all these kinds of things and so all, all that to say that the way that Peonies wrote and described love, affection, you know, physical physical love, romance, all these things Really stuck with me very early on because it was never from a place of ownership. It was never from a place of entitlement to your partner's body uh, or their partner's bodies. And so when I was about 16 or so, um, I had already been in a relationship for a couple of years by that point with a partner, with my then boyfriend. And my friends and I, who were all active, we all kind of realized, like, hey, I like this person, but like, you're cute too. And you like some of the things that I like and we like. And so we all just kind of started playing around with each other. And it was never a thing. Like, it was never a problem. There were never any incidents from it. I think, I think one girl got like, kind of jealous at one point but it was because she had been scared to get involved in a scenario and i wasn't and so once she once we talked about it and she had talked to her then partner about it um and we all established like oh if that's the case like (laughs) do-over once she got involved and like got the gumption up to get involved It was all good. And we were all, I don't know, it was all pretty easy. Like, it was very natural. It was very, like, yeah, I like this. This is fun. Fuck it. Why not?
1: And I had actually never heard of ElfQuest before when Twin and I first met. So early on in the relationship, I want to say within, like, the first two days of us talking, she introduced me to the comic series.
0: You still owe me a book report, too. When Tyr and I started talking about what our forms of poly looked like, I told him, and granted, this is something that I had really only ironed out in myself, probably in the last, I want to say like two, three years or so, because I spent a large swath of my 20s trying to be monogamous. I was trying to, you know, monogamize myself, was trying to, <laughs> that was a new word for you, Um, I was trying to adhere to societal norms and expectations. And then I realized that that was a waste of time. And so I wasted more time with partners that said I could only be with women, you know, because they're insecure as shit. Oh, anyway. um, So... I'm not bitter. It's fine. So um, when Tier and I started talking, I was very quick to put down, you know, the notion that he would have any say in how I poly, particularly at the start of a relationship, right? Like once you get into an established relationship, it's different because boundaries, right? However, um, I told him very early on, like, hey, this is what I like. This is how I like it. This is what I'm going to do and baby does what baby wants. And so he was like, "Hey, that sounds awesome cuz I like all those things too." And daddy does what daddy wants. And so <laughs> And so yeah, so we got to talking about everything and it just kind of clicked for us that like it was like, "Oh, oh shit," you know, cuz I came into this with a massive chip on my shoulder. Um, entirely prepared for him to be like, you know what? Nope, that's too much. And deuces. And he did not do that. Uh, in fact, he did the opposite. He was like, Hey, I like that. I'ma put a ring on it.
1: I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody that knows me for any amount of time, one of my philosophies on life is do what you will. It's the whole of the law, right? I say it an inordinate amount of times on every platform. So my emphasis and focus uh, for a good number of years has always been, I want people to be uniquely and unequivocally themselves, always, 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 always. Now, obviously that doesn't mean I always have to hang out for whatever a person chooses to be, but I want people to stop placing so much emphasis on making other people happy and living for others' expectations of them and basically just do what they want to do. Still be a kind person and all that. But because that has been my emphasis for so long, when Twin and I first started talking about this, she was kind of surprised and taken aback because that's also her, her approach to polyamory is very similar to mine, which is, you know, I want people to go out and do what they want. I want them to have the relationships that they want.
0: Exactly. Yeah, cuz it comes back to something that we've mentioned in a previous episode where it you know, we talked about the fact that for me, um coming from a place of love for my partner and rather than a place of fear and loss of, you know, something from my partner. I want them to be happy. I want them to get what they need to have their physical, mental, emotional needs met. And I am very well aware that I am not always going to be able to provide all of those things just because it's fucking exhausting.
1: And that's the same for me. I know I'm not going to meet every need that twin has. It is almost unfair. For anyone, for you to ask any one person to meet every potential need that you have, like if you have a group of friends, you know, and you're going to go out and hang out with your friends without your partner or your spouse or whatever, the, they fill a different role in your life than one of your direct partners.
0: Yup, that part. And also, it's just a matter of like being secure enough. In ourselves, I'll just go ahead and say it for both of us. We're both very secure in who we are as people, in that we know we're able to provide. Obviously, we're awesome. We know we're able to provide, meet those needs, what have you. We don't expect to meet them all the time because that's too much of a burden on ourselves. And we have too much respect for ourselves to be held to that insane of a standard while also respecting our partner enough not to hold them to those standards.
1: That is a wonderful point. And I think one of the points you just made, Twin, is is so big and important. I don't know how we didn't mention it in the previous two poly episodes, which is if you are not confident and secure in who you are as a person, it's going to be very, very difficult For you to engage in any sort of ethically non-monogamous relationship. Those self-doubts, those self-critical feelings, and that fear will creep in and masquerade as jealousy. And really, you're not jealous of your partner. You're just not secure enough in yourself. Wonderful unintended segue there, twin. Since we're talking about how we practice poly, Let's talk about boundaries because this is one of the areas that I think sets us apart from so many other polyamorous couples.
0: Boundaries are my favorite.
1: That wonderful singing voice. You all got to experience that along with me. Um, But boundaries, we talked about our own personal boundaries with ourselves and a potential partner very, very early on in our conversations now when twin and i first met neither one of us were looking for a relationship right we were living up our best hoe phases and being healthy and communicative and just out there prancing around like the wild unicorns that we are but since we both wanted to practice a healthy form of polyamory we talked about those boundaries very very early on now one of the boundaries that i feel sets us apart from other polyamorous couples is our absolute stringent adherence to constant communication about all aspects of our relationship and of our feelings. Now, that kind of manifests itself in saying, look, I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm feeling at any given time of the day, whether it's about me personally, you, the job, our friend group, whatever, but it absolutely also applies to other romantic partners, other partners within the polycule or if they're comments or one offs, things like that. We're always going to let each other know exactly what's going on there.
0: Right. It's one of our biggest strengths, I think. It's actually kind of funny uh, in a way. Um, because one of the fun, delightful things that you do, my love is like when somebody sends him a spicy picture or like a salacious message, because again, we've got some interesting people in our circles, right? He'll get like a spicy message or spicy pictures or whatever. And me, because of the antidepressants I'm on and other stuff, like my libido is like down somewhere, like around my knees and his is like four yards over in another yard or in another neighbor's yard, because he's just like, con- like, he's like our little March hare, right? Um, just constantly in a mood. I am not. So he'll get all these pictures and everything. And I'm just like, okay, I love that for you. And every time he gets one of these pictures, messages, whatever, he's like, oh, hey, just for transparency's sake. So and so sent me these, or so and so sent me this message. I just want to let you know. And almost every time so far, (laughs) I've just been like, okay, cool. And I'll go back to like folding laundry or drinking a glass of water or whatever it is that I'm doing. Like, literally not giving a single iota of a fuck. I'm just like, okay, love that for you, sir. Have a nice day. I'm going to go over here and like do this thing. And it's because like, I understand my man is hot. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's getting, you know, the messages, the pictures, whatever. And he's always like tried to, it's really funny when you like try to show me the pictures and stuff when you're like, Oh, Hey, so-and-so sent me this. And I'm just like, cool. But like, they sent you those pictures and things like not me.
1: To be fair, (laughs) to be fair. We also have a lot of group chats where our friends send us, pictures to each other and for everybody else. But also, you know, I'm doing it for transparency and communication sake, not only for you, but for them too. That's something that I let all of these other people know as well. Like, look, you know exactly who Twin and I are. So if you're hitting on me and you and I are talking, you know, I'm going to be sharing those pictures and I'm asking for consent as well. Um, But you know, I'm also, that's something we're both going to be looking at because I also want to hook my woman up with the hot people that I talk to. So shout out. If you're sending me spicy pictures, uh, you're also sending spicy pictures to twin and she appreciates it.
0: I do. I do so much. I love our friends, like all of our spicy chats and everything else. They're so fantastic. Although what you said a second ago, there really did remind me of our date night in Texas story time. So speaking of consent and like, If you're hitting on one of us, you're hitting on both of us. One of our first, (laughs) one of our first dates was when I went to visit Tear in Texas. One of our first big dates. I went to visit Tear with Texas and we went out, went to this beautiful burlesque show. It's amazing.
1: Shout out to the Paramore in San Antonio.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Christy Waters puts on a hell of a show. Um, So we were doing, oh, and what was her name? So, yeah, uh, we were watching the show. It was amazing. We're enjoying it. The um, folks that were, like, seated near us were clearly enjoying the show. Um, There was, like, two couples and what I guess was somebody's mother or aunt or something or big sister even maybe. And one of the gentlemen in one of the couples got just a wee bitch-mammered. And so at one point, like I had kind of noticed him eyeballing Tear all night because like Tear looked delicious. He was in a full leather dowdy outfit and I was just like, nom, 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 nom. And so was this other guy. So we're going through the night. It's wonderful. We're all having a good time. And at one point he walks past us and he's like, "Mm," looking Tear up and down and then comes back, whatever. No big deal. Um, didn't really raise an eyebrow. I did kind of side eye him because, like, bitch, I look yummy too. Why are you ignoring me? But whatever, I digress. And then, and then Tear gets up, goes to the bathroom. Mr. Mr. Man over there immediately gets up and follows him to the bathroom. I'm still seated watching the show. I have no idea what's going on until they come back. And, well, Tear sits down first. Tear's sitting down. Cool, no problem. He was leaning in to tell me, I guess, what had happened in the bathroom when his friend comes back. And as he's walking past us, I put my foot up to stop him and had it, like, at his groin. Because he'd already, like, pissed me off by this point. And there had been something else that had happened, too. I can't remember, um, but I put my foot up to stop him, and he reaches out and grabs Tears' face, and that was when I went into full like Memphis ratchet mode, because I snatched this man's wrist, and I was like, don't you fucking touch him. If you flirt with him, we, you flirt with me. This is a package deal. If you don't want the package, get the fuck off my porch. And I put my foot down and kind of like let go of his hand. Like I threw his hand a little bit and he almost tripped on the table that was behind him. But he quickly like went and sat down and they carefully avoided us the rest of the evening, except for the oldest mother woman in the group who was watching all of this and just had the biggest smile on her face. And then... (laughs) And then at one point, like, as I guess they were getting ready to leave or something, she looks over at me and she, like, nods, no, like, giving me this, like, yes, ma'am, kind of look, just nods. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, fuck with me.
1: It was an extremely fun night. And, and that's the thing, too. I seem to be very, very popular with a certain subset of the bi and gay men crowd
0: i keep telling you you're queer adjacent
1: and maybe one of these days i will believe you (laughs) but um yeah when i got up to go to the bathroom and again we're both open to playing separately from each other that's not the only type of relationship we have but we are both very big on consent and prior consent to doing any sort of shenanigans and you know if you know anything about me i'm also a dom so you know touchy unless i tell you to touchy so i'd gotten up to go into the bathroom and you know i didn't actually know that this guy had followed me to the bathroom i'm in the urinal doing my thing and the guy comes up and stands next to me and just starts complimenting me on my outfit and i was like okay you know it's it's different it it doesn't necessarily break the men's bathroom code um but i was like oh thanks i really i really enjoy my outfit right and so when i was coming back to sit down next to twin that was what i was leaning in to tell her you know not often do men get complimented on their outfits in the bathroom yet this man did it
0: didn't he also like solicit you or like try to sell you for like party favors or something
1: no no that was a different bathroom trip with a completely different person
0: gotcha Okay. You you just have interesting bathroom adventures.
1: What can I say? I always have the best of times. I bring the party with me, just like you do. Like, we know that we are our own best company when we go out and have a good time.
0: Yeah, but there's just nothing fun about, like, woo, party in the urinal, yeah.
1: Teenager tier would definitely disagree, as would early 20s tier, but I digress. So, yeah, that that was the entire... Exchange and I just found it so hilarious because, again, if you are in the poly crowd or the swinging crowd or whatever, absolutely go and you know, pay the couple compliments, don't actually just focus on one or the other. But also, if you're a part of that lifestyle, you know, you always ask before you touch, you don't just lean in. And start grabbing on somebody. That is the number one way to go from a really good time to a very bad time.
0: Right. Plus, it's just never safe. I mean, like, I get I am very pissed, but, like, just just don't piss off a redheaded Hispanic, like, Hispanic Irish woman. Like, we're just, I'm just meant to cut people. It's a genetic disposition.
1: (laughs) You could literally go to war with yourself with those two pieces of backgrounds there
0: but Wow. wow that was
1: rude so all that to wrap around on boundaries, right? <laughs> like talk about these things uh, before you actually do them. So that's one of the distinctions in our relationship is we set personal and relational boundaries very early. Now, something that we do that's different from a lot of other poly couples is, you know, we can go out and have shenanigans with whoever we wish, man, woman, envy, it doesn't matter. But one of the boundaries that we both came to the relationship with, which is you know not very common in polyamory, is we want to have that conversation prior to anything happening. We don't necessarily have uh, veto powers or anything like that, but we want to have that discussion with our partner prior to going out and playing.
0: Right. And this actually brings me up to a question that was asked in our Discord that's like, on point for this, right? Um Jody asked what kind of energy levels are required for the emotional, mental and physical aspects of each relationship you enter into. Does it conflict and are there repercussions? And so going back to Tier's point, yes, it does sometimes conflict. I mean, we haven't had this experience really yet, but I could definitely see how it might later on down the line, right? Um, because every relationship is going to have, like we mentioned earlier, different levels of commitment, right? Like, the, um, how it, the toll, I don't want to say it this way, cause it kind of sounds negative, but you know, the toll that each relationship takes on you, you know, it's, uh, like an, uh, uh, an adapted version of spoon theory, right? Like how many spoons do I have to give to this particular relationship? And so for us personally, there hasn't really been a huge draw on us, either of us, because I get a lot of my yah yas we'll say, from my work, because even though I am not a full service provider or any sort of like extras provider, I do get a lot of like my social and like sexual-ish kind of energy siphoned off at work because I do need, I am one of those people. I do need physical contact. I need to be like constantly stimulated. Thanks ADHD. Um, I do need that like interaction. Right. And I get that a lot from work. What makes me so good at my job. I will often, you know, get charged up sort of like, um, like the rechargeable batteries, right? For me, is like, I go to work, I recharge my battery, and then I come home and I have more energy to give to Tier and to this relationship. Um, and he's very much the same way. Like he goes out and he'll get his like, you know, extrovert, extra-ness on, right? And he'll get his charge and then he's able to come back. Now, will that change over time and will that become a sexual thing or whatever? Probably. We'll see. We haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, We like to joke and say that we're sort of like accidentally monogamous because we like in this eight month. No, God, almost a year. Not quite a year. Eight months, nine months that we've been together.
1: How do I know how long it's been and you don't?
0: Because you don't have a neurological disorder that causes time
1: blindness, that is a fair point.
0: Yeah, suck on that. Anyway, <laughs> would it have been better if I'd said suck on them, yiddies? You know, like opportunities, but neither one of us have really wanted to do any of that yet. So we'll see how things evolve and change over time. But like right now, we're we're happy with where we're at. And that's kind of what I mean about the boundaries is like, we both know where we're at. We both know, um, you know, how we're feeling right now. And I've, you know, told him flat out, like, so like case in point, uh, Tyr just went to Texas and had a lovely time hanging out with a bunch of his friends that he's known for years. And, you know, they were just off being dudes doing whatever a bunch of, dudes do. I don't know. There was a snow cone truck involved.
1: That's what dudes do when they hang out. Uh they sit around, drink bourbon, and eat snow cones.
0: And pet beagles. Uh so anyway, <laughs> so he was doing that. And you know, prior to him leaving, we'd had a conversation about it where I just told him, like, hey, you know, while you're out there, if you guys go anywhere, you you know, you meet up with somebody, if some little thing is there looking real cute and tasty you know have fun I don't care you know just come home clean has always been like my number one rule like go get your ya guys have fun love that for you take pictures if she's cool with it if not let me like stalk her Facebook or something later you know in a totally healthy like is this chick hot kind of way because like I might want to visit Texas if she is you know just something like that
1: yeah. And that's one of the things that I think sets us apart is that we had that conversation because that's our boundary for both of us. Like go out and do what you wish, be safe, but communicate to me prior to that happening. Um, one of the things though, that I absolutely know is super rare within the poly community that both of us didn't realize we kind of had a kink for until uh, we actually started dating is not only do we want to, to be upfront with our partner about other partners and relationships that we have. Uh, After you do the thing, I want you to come home and tell me about it while we're doing the thing. We found out that that's a kink for both of us. Like, yeah, go out, have fun, get your yaya's out, have a great time. Make sure the other person um, arrives as well. And then come home. Tell me all about it while we're making each other arrive.
0: Do you remember how we found out that we both liked that? So, then we didn't see you shaking your head. So I'll just tell you guys. He's saying no. He doesn't remember. So it was the I had this client at work that I came back from work. This is when Tier was still living in Texas. He was still living in San Antonio, and tall Asian dude, like just oh beautiful man. And so I got on the phone with tear because I was, oh no, I was texting you while it was going on. And I was like, holy shit, this dude is like
1: hot. And that's actually her ritual still to this day. She will text me throughout work and she'll be like, yo, there's this hot chick here or there's this really fine dude here. So I hear about all of the hot people that come into work. And occasionally I get like mini spicy story time, uh, depending on exactly how hot they are. But for all of you that go visit Twin at work, if you are hot and attractive to us, uh, chances are we're talking about you while she's at work.
0: Oh yeah, almost assuredly. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, so I had texted him. I was like, "Oh man, this guy is like fine." And I ended up having some private time in one of our like uh, upstairs rooms with him, and you know, it's like a private lap dance area. And so we're hanging out, we're talking. He's literally showing me pictures of his wife, like we're talking about their life in Florida and what they do and how, you know, like how they met and everything. Literally spent half an hour talking with this man about his wife and like, just like rubbing on each other. It was amazing. Loved it. And so the end of the night, like I still was hanging, I spent like a lot of time just hanging out with this guy. And we realized like, Hey, next time you're in town, you should hit me up. He was like, Hey, that sounds like a good idea. Cause I'd mentioned that I was seeing somebody and you know, he told me he was married. And so I was like, you know, you and your wife, me and my then boyfriend, like, you know, we'll see where things go. Uh that could be fun. And he was very interested. And so, you know, again, left work, everything was great, got home. And that's when it began. I told Tear, you know, I was telling him on the drive home and he was like, oh, really? Tell me more. What did he look like? What did he feel like? And it just went from there. And that was when I was like, oh, you like this too? Okay. Because I am one of those women uh, (laughs) within the kink scene that is lovingly referred to as a cuck queen and I didn't know that there was a term for that I had no clue
1: yeah I actually introduced you to that term
0: yeah you did yeah I had no clue I was I literally remember asking you like hey what's the equivalent if you know for a woman if she likes watching XYZ and that's when you told me yeah um so yeah so I I knew that I liked this like that about you know like that I that I was in the deck, right? I had no idea that he was until this conversation about this particular client. And then I was like, ow. Oh, okay. And then the next day after we'd recovered from our tele shenanigans, <laughs> after we'd recovered, um, that was when we had the conversation about like, hey, so I couldn't help but notice and uh <laughs> and so that's when we talked about like what a cup queen is and i was like well let me just put that little crown on and the rut
1: and it works for her as well nothing kind of well i'm not going to say that i'll cut this hold on yeah and you know it works for both of us and that's not super common in the polyamorous community it's super common in the swinger community obviously people that are doing full swaps are out there you know watching and cheering on their partner and um showing compersion as their partner is also having a good time generally while they're having a good time too but it is less common to see in the poly community so the overlap between the swinger and poly community, it there. But in terms of that one aspect being more prevalent in poly relationships, that's less likely.
0: Did not know that. There you go. Call me educated. Okay. Yeah. So with all of that said, you know, I joked earlier about us being like accidentally monogamous and part of that too, unfortunately, is the fact that, Tier and I are new to the New Orleans area. So like we haven't actually gotten a chance to meet a whole lot of like um, fellow poly, kink, whatever people. Um, And the ones that I've met online are not exactly great, but that is a whole different topic for a whole different day. So I will get back to that. We'll we'll touch on that later. Um, But with that said, um, you know, we're at the same point that a lot of newly- Emerging poly people find themselves at fairly frequently, where it's like, oh, oh, and speaking of, uh, Gaelic Werewolf actually asked this in our Discord earlier, um, when he was like, hey, what are some ways to connect with other poly people locally? And we're right there with you guys, we're trying to find that out too. The biggest thing is like checking out certain websites or um going to certain events at clubs things like that like in new orleans there's colettes where you can go and meet other people that are also in the enm lifestyle and there's other ways you know just kind of put your feelers out too and worst case scenario guys as crazy as this is going to sound, if you see somebody that's cute and you and your partner are like, oh, hey, just say that. Just tell them like, hey, we think you're cute. Don't be creepy. Don't make it weird. Just be like, hey. And if they're giving the signals back that they're interested, go from there. If they don't, drop it.
1: That is wonderful advice. And really meeting people in your local area like anything else lean into some of the big popular ones that have been utilized for the last few years i'm a member of a bunch of different polyamorous or ethically non-monogamous groups on facebook uh, FetLife, even though it's a pit, has a bunch of local events and meetups specifically for polyamorous people. Um, and you can kind of add that as a filter when you're going on. But also, Instagram and TikTok have been really, really cool places to meet other like-minded people, specifically in your area. So as I've learned more and more about how the algorithm on TikTok works, it's going to pair you with other people in your area geographic location as well as the ones that have some of the same niche interests that you may have so that may be a good one too
0: another really easy way to um signal to other people too um i know it's like a big joke on tiktok and stuff everybody kind of teehees and laughs about it but honestly the pineapple carry like have a pineapple on a necklace or, you know, whatever, like keep it subtle because like, let's keep it classy kids. All right. Like don't be, that weird person who's just like, look at my giant pineapple on my everything.
1: And the pineapple is actually a swinger symbol. But like I said, there is a lot of overlap between the swinging community and the polyamorous community. Just if you're going to advertise with the pineapple, don't be surprised if you get more specific, just uh, swingers than you would straight poly people.
0: Right. But that's like any other sort of like signal, right. And anything like The right people are going to know what that means. And if even if they don't spark your interest, they will be able to direct you to like other scenes. It's the same thing as like just making friends in any sort of like new environment, you know, which in this day and age, making friends in general is hard. Making friends that will also boink you is kind of harder
1: in this economy.
0: Oh my God.
1: Look, I couldn't help that one. I really, really couldn't. But yeah, I mean, that really kind of closes out and rounds out what our entire conversation has been about. I mean, this is how we personally practice poly and then being able to get out in the community and find other like-minded people is wonderful. So thank you to the few people in the Discord that have asked some questions.
0: And really quickly, I did just want to acknowledge, like, obviously, Tia and I are both in positions of uh, luxury, if you will, where we can be so open about the fact that we're poly that we can be so outspoken about it. You know, both of our families, God, God's love them. Um, both of our families have just kind of come to accept that we are who we are, and they may not always like it, they may not always understand it, but they know they've they've more or less accepted that they're not going to change our minds, right? Not every poly person has that luxury. And we totally understand that. Um, not every poly person is going to have the freedom within their employer to be as, you know, outwardly alternative, if you will, about what they're doing with their life.
1: Absolutely. It's still such a misunderstood aspect of relationships and showing love and affection that some people just can't be open with uh, their community or with their family and definitely not with work about this style of showing love. And it's, it really is a shame, but we are lucky. We are very, very lucky.
0: Right. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're Polly poly is so that we can be loud and outspoken, raise awareness and hopefully help and break the stigma around what it is that we're doing with our own yaya bits
1: and i very rarely get to do this so i'm gonna jump at the chance to do it in the spirit of true communication my love we have been talking for a very long time i know you get to do this every episode this is the first time i get to do it so we are going to end today's episode uh we sincerely appreciate you for joining us for this three-part series on polyamory. If you're just catching this one first, you got two other episodes to go back and listen to. Um, And I don't even know what the title for this one's going to be. Maybe it's just going to be all the pie, all the pie. We like pie. Perfect. And very purry as well, twin. Um, But yes, so let's go ahead and do our traditional sign off. Thank you again for hanging out with us today. And we can't wait to talk to you again next week. And
0: okay. (laughs) And as always, everybody, please, please, please remember to give yourself grace and love and patience. Make sure that you drink your water, take your brain beans. And as always, my love,
1: go out and do some dope shit.